Hey, welcome to the Life Church Green Bay podcast. It's our mission to lead the way in bringing the life giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We are so glad that you're here. If this is your first time joining us, would you connect with us? We want to do life with you, and there are so many ways we can do that from wherever you are in the world. You can get connected with us and other Jesus people in one of our Facebook groups by joining us for an online service every Sunday or connecting with people through life groups and pocket churches. To learn how to get connected and find your pocket, please go to lifechurchgreenbay.com. Again, so glad you're here with us today. Here's this week's message. Hey friends, open your Bibles to Mark chapter 12. If you're not in a place where you have access to a traditional Bible, you can open up the version, or it's also called the Bible app and all the notes and scriptures, those have already been uploaded. Of course, we'll also put the scriptures right there on your screen. Wherever it is that you're watching us from, I love you and I'm so grateful that you are a part of our Life Church family. Well, I don't know about you, but I have loved this series. We've learned about so many truths. Pastor Becky taught us about faith. Pastor Allen taught us about worship. I've talked about generosity and confidence. Pastor Scott, he talked about joy, which if you know Pastor Scott, who better to talk about joy than him? Last week, Pastor DJ taught us about love, and it was so good. It's been so great. I've learned so much. In fact, I've loved this series so much that we've decided to add a few more weeks. And I actually talked to my kids, Isaiah, who's 17, and Aubrey, who's 16, and I asked them what truths they thought people wanted or needed to learn about. They gave me some really great ideas. So I want to keep this series rolling today with one of the thoughts, one of the truths that they brought up in that conversation in a message that we're calling vulnerability versus suspicion. Let's pray. God, we love you. Gosh, you know, like our prayers... Sometimes they get complex, sometimes they get complicated, sometimes they get convoluted, but really they could just end right there. God, we love you. But I think what's even more important is that you love us. You love us in all our mess, in all our muck, in all our mire, in all our problems, and all of our proclivities, God, and everything that we bring to the table, you have already overcome those things. And so today for myself and for every friend that I have on the other side of this screen, I pray blessings. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Vulnerability and suspicion. Both of those are things that so many of us struggle with, aren't they? Do you ever find yourself having a hard time being vulnerable? Or do you ever find yourself being suspicious of the media? of big business, big government, big churches, of your boss, your coworkers, your neighbors, your spouse or your partner, your kids, of masks, of the vaccine, of the plan to deliver the vaccine. Now, most of you know by nature, I'm a skeptic, which honestly gets exhausting. It's exhausting, not just for myself, but also for my wife, Pastor Sonny, because Pastor Sonny, She isn't naturally a skeptic. She's not a naturally suspicious person. Let me say it like this. She's a smile person where I'm a scowl person. Meaning, when I meet new people, I'd more naturally lean toward a scowl. Like, hmm. Where she, 
she almost always leans toward a smile, like, hi. She's naturally a faith person, a hope person, a glass half full person, especially when it comes to people. She typically sees more in people than other people see in that person, or quite honestly, more than that person sees in themselves, which is a really Christ-like quality because Jesus, he always sees more in us than other people do or even than we see in ourselves. But unfortunately, we live in a culture where so many people are suspicious, especially relationally. So many people struggle with building or maintaining deep, meaningful relationships, partially because they struggle with vulnerability. I mean, I know I do. I have a really hard time letting people in. I have a really hard time trusting people. And I chalk it up to the fact that I'm such a public figure that I'm suspicious of people. I wonder what they really want from me. But if I'm honest, it's not really about that. It's mostly about fear. I'm afraid if I let someone close, they'll hurt me. They'll betray me. They'll use me for their own benefit. I'm honestly afraid that they'll dip on me, that I'll give them my heart, and then they'll abandon me. So rather than deal with that hurt or that rejection, I just don't let people in, which may sound or seem safe, but it's actually really sad. It's pretty lonely. And it's not how God designed us to live. God designed us to live in relationship. But I think we have a whole generation that's struggling with that, which is magnified by social media, where people can say whatever they want to or about whoever they want. So this generation is keeping each other at arm's length. They're playing it safe. They're holding back part of their heart. But I think it's interesting how Jesus was so not like this that not only did he not hold back from giving himself fully to the people around him, he gave himself fully to people who he knew were gonna backstab or betray him, like Judas. Jesus knew Judas was literally gonna sell him out. And I know for all of you Bible scholars, theologically, Jesus had to be betrayed to fulfill his redemptive purpose on the cross. But I can't help but think he also knew he was gonna benefit from at least some good times in his relationship with Judas before that betrayal actually happened. And I know that's happened for me. If I look back objectively at the relationships I've had in my life, even the ones where that person walked away or that person used me or that person betrayed me, they all have good memories connected to them. And the betrayal, well, it can't rob me of those good memories. So if I'm never vulnerable, if I live my life in such suspicion that I don't allow people in, sure, I'll avoid betrayal, but I'll also forfeit those good times and those good memories. So I'm learning that I need relationships. And to have those, I need to overcome suspicion and live with vulnerability. And so do you. But how? Well, I wanna give you some practical steps and they all come from this really interesting interaction in the gospels between Jesus and a religious leader. He was a teacher of the law, which meant he was an expert in religious law. He had memorized it. In fact, he would have memorized what you call the books of Moses or the books of the law. It's the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. 
Listen to this exchange. It's from the Gospel of Mark. It says, One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. When he heard them debating and saw that Jesus answered them, well, he asked him, Teacher, which command is the most important of all? Jesus answered him, The most important is this. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second, it's equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. Against these commandments, there is no law. Now, Jesus' response is what we in the church world call the great commandment, and it's echoed by the apostle or Saint Paul in the book of Romans when he said the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be, those are all summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that hits upon what we call the golden rule, do unto others as you'd have done unto you, which isn't exclusive to Christianity. It's universal to every religion in the world. It's also known as the ethic of reciprocity. And it was widely taught and followed for thousands of years before Jesus ever even walked the earth. But what differentiates it in Christianity is Jesus' use of it. Every other religion approaches it from what's called the negative injunction. It's called the prohibitive form, as in, do not treat others in ways that you wouldn't like to be treated. It's reactive. But when Jesus shares it, he doesn't refer to it in the prohibitive form. He communicates it from what's called the directive form, as in treat others as you'd like others to treat you. It's proactive. He's telling us to overcome suspicion, to allow ourselves to be vulnerable, to take the first step. Back to the great commandment. When Jesus responds to the religious leader, he doesn't come up with an answer of his own. He actually quotes from the book of Deuteronomy. He quotes something that's called the Shema. It's a prayer. It's a blessing that for thousands of years before Jesus and since up until now, the Jewish people repeat every morning and every night. It's from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. It says, Listen, Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Sound familiar? In other words, these people knew what he was saying before Jesus even said it. When the words came out of his mouth, I guarantee you there were some people that rolled their eyes and were like, this guy's supposed to be the great teacher. And when asked the great question to give the great command, he comes up with something we already know. They already knew it. They had already said it, some of them, thousands of times. In other words, they'd memorized it. But in this interaction, what Jesus is saying is, don't just memorize it. Don't just know it. Don't just say it. Instead, do it. Live it. <laughs> Get rid of your suspicion and be willing to live with some vulnerability. I want to show you how to do that in a practical way. I want to give you three ways to live with vulnerability. Here's the first. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And there's the caveat. With all your heart is the asterisk on it because some of you are holding back part of your heart. But when you do that, when you hold back even a sliver, you're not letting yourself be fully committed. You're allowing yourself to be unfaithful. For example, 
You can't be at the bar drinking too much on Saturday night and in the church acting holy on Sunday morning. You're being unfaithful. You're holding back. You are a spiritual adulterer. And a lot of that unfaithfulness or lack of commitment, it has to do with suspicion. I mean, isn't it true that a lot of people are suspicious of God? Because of that, they say things like, if God loved me, then blank wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have gotten a divorce. My kids would still be talking to me. I'd still have a job. I wouldn't have been diagnosed with this. My mom would still be alive. I wouldn't have caught the virus. We're suspicious of God, and so because of that, we ask things like this. Why is there so much evil in the world? Or why would a loving God allow bad things to happen to good people? <laughs> but we're suspicious of God because we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable with God. And we don't want to be vulnerable with God because we're afraid that he'll reveal things that we don't want revealed. But guys, the cure to that, and really the only cure, is for us to love him and to love him with reckless abandon, to love him with all your heart. Here's the second step. Love other people with all your heart. <laughs> and not just people who are lovable or people who love you. I mean, that's easy. That's low-hanging fruit. Love everybody, always. Mean people, rude people, emotionally and spiritually ugly people, haters, critics, cheaters, manipulators, users, all people, everybody, always. Meaning don't wait for them to love you. In fact, 1 John chapter 4 says, we love each other because he loved us first. This is the biblical model. He says, if someone says, I love God, but hates his brother, that person's a liar. Because if we don't love people who we can see, how can we say we love a God we can't? It goes a little bit earlier, and it says, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Friends, since God loves us that much, surely we ought to love each other. And we do that by opening ourselves up, by not holding people out because of something that somebody else did. Guys, don't saddle new people with the past offenses of others. Those people may not even be cut from the same cloth. We need to be really careful not to generalize people because when we generalize people, it not only leads to skepticism, it leads to every other kind of ism there is. Racism, sexism, classism, ageism, all the isms. And we do that because we're suspicious of people because we don't want to be vulnerable with each other. And it's because we're afraid that we'll see something in them that we've been trying to hide about or from ourselves. But the way to beat that, it's simple. It's to love other people with all your heart. Here's the third step. Love yourself with all your heart. Do you do that? Do you love yourself? You should. And not just what you do, but who you are. Not just on the outside, but on the inside. You know, the Proverbs, the Book of Wisdom says, a person who gains sense, that word at its root really means wisdom. So a person who gains wisdom, they love themselves. 
One who guards understanding, they find something good. But too many of us don't love ourselves because we don't really know ourselves. And we don't know ourselves because we refuse to be vulnerable with ourselves. And we don't want to be vulnerable with ourselves because we don't want to face ourselves. We're afraid that we'll discover things we don't want discovered. It's why some people don't want to do Journey to Wholeness. Journey to Wholeness, that's our counseling program, or it's our restoration ministry, if you would. And over a period of a number of weeks, you really look inside. You go internal. You look for things. You uncover things. You untie things that have been tied up. You loosen things that have been bound. And yeah, it's scary, but it's also beautiful, which makes a lot of people scared. But you know what you learn in Journey to Wholeness? That you're not damaged. You're just wounded. You learn that you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time just for you to do. I really like how the New Living Translation says it. It says, you are God's masterpiece. And if you've ever been to a museum, you understand the value of a masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. You're the apple of his eye. You're his pride and joy. He brags about you to his friends. He doesn't see you for who you are. He sees you for who you can be. When he talks to the angels about you, they're like, mm, I don't know, God. <laughs> we don't see it. But God says, you just wait. You'll see. That's my boy or that's my girl. He has your picture in his wallet. Your drawings are all over his refrigerator door. He keeps his pens in that ugly mug you made in second grade art class. All your report cards, good, bad, and in the middle, they're in a box underneath his bed. You're the lock screen on his phone, the screensaver on his computer. He has your name tattooed on his arm. You're his password to all his stuff because he loves you. And if he loves you, don't you think you should love yourself? The Psalms, it highlights it. It says, I will praise you, God, because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know this very well. I wonder, can you say that about yourself? I wonder, do you love yourself? Do you love other people? Do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength? Well, if you don't, you need to start today because it cures suspicion and it helps you live your life with vulnerability and in peace. Would you close your eyes? Living your life in vulnerability, that's what is required if you want salvation. Salvation requires that we stop being suspicious of God, we stop being suspicious of ourselves, and we become vulnerable with God and with our own hearts that we admit that we're broken, that we admit that we can't do this on our own, that we can't rescue ourselves, we can't save ourselves, we can't control or rule ourselves. And so we submit ourselves to the Savior who has guaranteed our salvation. When you enter into this beautiful relationship with Jesus, it breaks everything that you've ever done wrong. It's deleted, it's wiped from the memory banks of eternity forever that God chooses to never Remember it again, and you get to receive the gift of eternal life in paradise with him. And I wonder if you want that today. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never become vulnerable with him. Today, I want to give you the opportunity to do that, and it's really easy. 
I'm gonna say a few lines in a prayer and then I'm gonna pause. And if you repeat those words that I said and mean them in your heart, the Bible says you will be saved. You'll enter into this beautiful relationship with Jesus. And so if that's you, would you just say these words? Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Will you come into my life? Will you change me? Make me different? Make me new? Be my Lord and be my Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, congratulations. It's the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life. And we're so excited to be part of your family and for you to be part of ours. And so we would love the opportunity to connect with you. So if you would message us, and let us know that you decided to receive Jesus. We would sure love the opportunity to connect with you and to follow up with you. But we're not done. I wonder if you're here and you say, like, Sean, I'm a Jesus guy or I'm a Jesus girl. But you know, if I'm honest, I'm suspicious, especially in these times. I'm suspicious of God. I'm suspicious of others. I'm really suspicious of myself. I don't trust myself. And maybe that's because you've been hurt, because you've been done dirty, you've been done wrong, you've been messed around with, you've been wounded. Friend, if that's you, rather than just pray to end this time together, what I really want to do is can I speak something over you? Can I speak a blessing over you? Because friends, blessings are powerful. Blessings are important. So will you allow me to speak this over you? May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and give you peace. May he bless you in your coming in and your going out, in your lying down and your rising up, in your labor and your leisure, in your laughter and in your tears. Friend, that is my prayer for you. That is my blessing over you because I love you with all my heart. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. Did you know we have discussion questions for each message? You can download them and talk it over with your friends and family. Go to lifechurchgreenbay.com to download today.